0: That I have already obtained all this. What is this? Or be made perfect, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. What are these things? So, the five things, the five stones he's mentioned before is I want to know Christ. That's what he says. I want to know him. These are the five things. I want to um, know the power uh, of his resurrection. So, I want to know him, what happened. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to um, I want to become like him in his suffering. I want to know what it is to suffer like my Jesus suffered. I want to know what it is to, to to die like he died. I want to be dead to Paul, dead to the old Pharisee, dead to my selfish ambitions. I want to die to that. I want to. I want to um, know what it is to to experience what Jesus experienced on the cross. But I want to know what it is to die to the flesh and I want to somehow attain to the resurrection of the dead those are the five things <clears throat> that he is speaking about and he says not that I have already obtained all this and unfortunately, you're a you're a serious like pious dude a muslim said to me what level of piety have you reached i said <laughs> i said what do you mean he says well the imams reach different levels of piety you Pastor, what's your level of piety? I said, my level of piety is I'm on my knees before my God in my face because I find that, like Paul, I haven't obtained anything, but I but I want him, amen? He is the treasure. I'm not the treasure. I don't have levels of piety. He has reached every level of piety that I couldn't reach. And he says, um, <clears throat> I have not obtained all this, okay? Um, he's referring to the great goal of knowing and serving and all the dreams that we have, resurrection power. He's done so much, but he says, I've got more to do. I haven't obtained all of this. And sometimes you think, Lord, have I done anything with my life? Have I? Yes, you have. But there's more to go. There's more serving. There's more resurrection power for you and I to experience. Um, I have not completed, he says, this great task. Now, I often think of Paul walking the road to Damascus, angry, brutal, murderous, Pharisee, he was the guy that said, kill him, stone him, put your clothes at my feet, I authorize you to stone him. He was on his way to, to seize Christians, to jail them, to try them. And Jesus just flashes a little bit of light to him and he falls to the ground and, and he's blind. And I often wonder, I'm sure Paul would have at times said, why didn't you show me more of yourself? You just showed me your light and I was blind. I wish, couldn't you have just given me more of a theophany and more of an encounter where you, but just that was enough. And he had to go and for three days he was blind. He didn't eat and Ananias came and laid his hands. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, somebody needs to lay hands on you so you can see. Amen? We're living an independent life, a life behind closed doors. We are drifting. You're not. You're here. But Many of us, but sometimes we need somebody to lay hands on us. And so he wants more of Christ to be known. Not that I have already obtained all this. It's he's, This letter is written in about 60 AD. He hasn't got long to go. He hasn't got long to live. And I'll tell you about that just now. All have already been made perfect. Jesus, how high is your standards? He's been a Christian for about 30 years and he says, um, I haven't been brought to the full accomplishment of my life's work in Christ Jesus. I've got more to go. Now, that may discourage you, but it shouldn't. Amen? Because in a sense, even all of us, the, uh, John Robb has been here for 100 years. He, he has got more to go. Amen? He, 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 there's more to go. Thank you for what I've achieved, but i got more. I haven't been made perfect How do we get God's prize for our lives? And he tries to answer it. It's good that he says, you know, I've heard too many preachers tell us about how amazing they are. How many people, you know, like, okay, when I prayed, and it's all good, but but even Paul says, I haven't been made perfect. It's okay, all right? So because we because that's why we we cause a separation between clergy and laity, piety and sort of Grubbiness, struggling. I don't know how to do this. I got a hectic job, bro. I don't have time like you to pray and to be in heaven all day. And so we separate and we become professionals and lesser people. And Paul says, I haven't been made perfect. Isn't that wonderful? And so it's okay to just say, listen, I'm struggling. Somebody said to me at lunch the other day, what's your biggest struggle as a pastor? I said, probably hypocrisy. It's easy to preach. Not many of you should seek to be teachers because you'll be more severely judged. I'm thinking, oh. And so sometimes you think, Lord, how am I with my finances? How am I with my attitude? How am I with my faith? How am I with my obedience? And so rather than just preach and tell people to be obedient and to give, how are you doing? Amen. And so I find across the world now, actually post-COVID, there's a greater humility in the churches. And I think that's great. But I press on. I'm pressing on. A song that Bob Dylan wrote that had a profound influence on me, I just keep pressing on. I played it again and again and again. I think it was one of his great songs, To the Higher Calling of My Lord. Many try to stop me, shake me up in my mind, tell me who is Lord or something. And actually he kept pressing on. But Bob Dylan lost his way, didn't he? Bob Dylan perhaps lost his way because the church tried to use his gift. We don't want to use your gift. We want to see God's purposes fulfilled in your life. Amen? I'm pressing on. Express determination to continue, to pursuing the goal of Christ likeness. To press on. There's an urgency in that Hebrew, that Greek word. Focus, perseverance. He's saying, and I want you, readers, uh, Philippian church, beautiful church, amazing people. Perhaps a smaller church. Press on. It's a priority. It means to. I uh, run after. There's an intense. It's like the long distance athlete. Sometimes we think that it's a, it's a sprint, but it's actually a long race. Ah, cramping. Why wow, like, why do I want to run in the comrades? What's wrong with me? Am I crazy, man? Cramping, sore, knees, but I'm pressing on to the higher calling. And he's saying it's a priority. It's, he's not strolling, brothers and sisters. He's not just hanging out, okay? He wants to take a hold of. It's not casual. It's not going to happen by chance. If God wants it to happen, he'll make it happen. Paul says, I'm pressing on. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into there's also, I think the danger is that we, there's the sprint. Now, there is the sprint metaphor used, but the sprint is dashing and exhausted. And so some of us have done amazing. We started a life group, people came, and then people said, you're a clown, and we don't like your wife, and you serve horrible coffee, and they left, and you thought, ah, ah. stop, start again. Start again, open up your heart, open up the word, speak to your wife, pray together. <laughs> Saying, uh, how can we do this better? Maybe we were like a bit offish or something, I don't know, but how can we do this again? Um, 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 it's, it's a long race. Paul knew that Jesus took a hold of him and he wanted to take a hold of that for which Jesus took a hold of him. And so he's in for the long run. He doesn't say, well, if God wants to achieve something through me, let him do it. So many Christians, well, let him do it then, you know. If he, he, I don't know. Paul says, man, I had one encounter. I must tell you the things that you must suffer for my name. And that's all he needed. And then he just began this incredible, because it all made sense to him. He had this moment of the spirit where literally God took the old covenant and made it new in Paul. And suddenly he thought, this is the Messiah, the one that I wanted to kill, the one that these followers I wanted to kill. He is the very Messiah. Man, this is mind-blowing. Amen? People say, well, what's my call? What did he take hold of me that for? A guy came to me. I was in Pretoria, and he, he did a, a, a skit on the, on the Friday night, and he won it. He was amazing, you know? He was amazing. He did this, like, theater thing. And he got the prize out of out of 10 or 15. And then um, I went to see him. I just chatted to him on Sunday. And he said, hey, man, I, I, when I see you, I want to cry. I said, why? He says, I don't know, bro. I just want to cry. Big guy. So he says, you know what, Nick? I've been struggling with my call, man. I just, I just don't know what my call is. Yo, did I find a gap, bro? I said, what? I said, you blessed me out of my socks on Friday night, bro. You were amazing. How much did you practice? He said, I didn't practice. I said, what? You didn't practice. There he is in the swimming pool with the costume. He's just baptized people. He's six foot four. He's a muscular, big rugby player. I said, your call is to be here, man. Just being here encourages me. Look at all these people around you. You're a model. You and your wife and your two kids are a model for so many people. That's your call. I said, bro, you're You're in the plumb line of your call. What's your call? Sometimes it's so obvious. I just, I'm, I'm here to give. I'm here to serve. I'm here to bring encouragement. I've, I've fought the good fight. This is what he says in Second Timothy. This is about five years later. You know, his thing was to go to the nations to preach the gospel, to, to break new frontiers, to argue and fight for the doctrine. Or the, 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 the purity of the gospel. He got very jumpy when people messed with the gospel. And, and later on, 2 Timothy 4 says, I fought the good fight. You know, when you fight a fight, sometimes you take a smack. Sometimes you get hit in the body. Sometimes you go down. Sometimes you don't want to go to the corner. He said, I fought the good fight. I've taken some blows. I got, a, you know, all sorts of things. People are shouting at me, get out, fight. And so there's this whole metaphor. I have fought the good fight. People say, you know, you boomers are like so aggro. Rubbish. Paul's a boomer. I mean, he, he fought the good fights. People say like, you know, Nick, why are you so intense? i got to be, bro. i got to fight a fight. Don't walk into the ring. Boom. Psh, fight the good fights. We, we fight the fights of faith, brothers and sisters. The devil, is, he's sending a brother just to say, wow, 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 wow. He's sending a sister, wow, 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 wow. He's sending the bank manager, wow, 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 wow. Am I being too animated this morning? He's, he's, he's sending the, the I don't know, Eskom. Wah 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 wah. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Life is a fight. I have finished the race. I've been running. Been running, man. Finish the race. You'll win the race if you know how you, if how to to accept pain in your body. When you when you when you've been when you suffer in your body, you're done with sin. When you've got time and space, you, you, you're susceptible to sin. But he said, I've finished the race. He says, I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. Here come the rewards. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have longed for his appearing. He ends up, have you longed for his appearing? Have you believed that Jesus will come back? What made the early church so effective? They believed he was coming back maybe next week. Because as they saw him go, they thought he could come back any time. He said none of the time. So quickly, go, quickly, go and tell everybody. People say, hey, listen, it's, I just want to come to church, get a bit, little bit of Jesus and then duck. Don't, don't put stuff on me. Now we, there, there's a, a call to urgency, amen? His work wasn't done yet. That's, that's maybe four or five or six years later. And he pens his last letter, and then they would chop his head off. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Continuing verse 13. There's a humility there. There's yet a spiritual ambition. I'm still, I haven't got it yet, but I want to keep going. Most people live with earthly ambition. We're happy with that. and he's amazing. That guy's like focused, he's... He's taking his business somewhere. You know. Da, 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 da. This mom is amazing with the children. She's ambitious that her children would do well. They would be well-mannered. They would learn well. They would, they would be good friends. They would I'm preparing my little Johnny of three to be a good husband one day. That's healthy ambition, isn't it? And so there's an ambition. He says, I, have, I don't consider myself to taking hold of it. But I want to I press on for the purposes of God. The wonderful thing about serving Jesus is that if you do have an oopsie, Every time you have an oopsie, there is a new day, there is a new beginning, amen? There is forgiveness, there is grace, an abundance of grace. But one thing I do, you know, this is the one thing. If you put in your, your computers, your um, Bible computers, one thing. There's a couple of one things. We you know, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the, the one thing that David wanted was to... Dwell in the, one thing, I want to dwell in the house of God, where God's, presence, and I want to gaze, I want to stare, I want to look upon the beauty of the Lord. Hey, but David, you're a king, bro, you've got stuff to do, you know, you've got a nation to run, you've got armies to go and push back that are trying to push into Israel. One thing. Martha, Martha, Mary has, 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 has sought the one thing, and it's better, she sought to be at my feet. It's good that you serve. We need people to serve, Amen. One thing is needed, Mary. One thing is needed, like your sister. I mean, Martha, like your sister. She she knows me because, you see, when you know Jesus, marriage, finance, mission, serving, uh, what else, prayer, all those things are made possible. No distractions, one master, one goal, one big main idea of his life. Can you reduce your life to one thing? Quite an interesting question there if i said to you how would you what's your one thing a business guy asked me i had a meeting with him the other day he said to me i want to do this whole thing so i said okay what are your five big stones in your bucket in order for you to make this very big decision he says elaborate please nick so i said okay these are the stones I would put in the bucket for you to make a decision. What are the five big things in water? And then are the little stones, and then there's the sand, and then there's the water. What is the one thing that you say, this is what I, actually is the one thing for me? Because Paul had it. One thing I do. What's yours? A double-minded man? Just, just a double, just two-idea man. A yarn-near man. Is unstable in all his ways. Should I go to church? Should I join Red Point's? Should I stay in South Africa? Should I go to England? Don't know. One yarn near all day. Yarn near, you're near. A double, should I marry this girl? I don't know. <laughs> double minded, unstable, like that's what we're doing. Take the keys of divorce, some of you in this room, and chuck them away. It will bruise you, it will tear your heart. Take the keys of divorce and chuck them away, and say, Lord, I made a covenant with this woman. You are a mighty God with mighty acts of strength and miracles. Surely you can change this bookie and this okey here who can't see eye to eye. They see eye to belly button. we just different, bro. Incompatible. The judge said we can get divorced. I say, don't get divorced in Jesus' name. Because you decided to get married, so stay married. Don't have sex with your girlfriend before you are married. It is wrong. Do not live with somebody. Don't live with somebody and excuse it. We're going to get married. That is not what the Bible teaches. That is double mindedness. Your conscience says you shouldn't, but then you do it because the rent's better. Don't do it. Fight it. Jesus is on the throne. My pastor said it was fine for me to sleep with my girlfriend and to live together. This pastor says it's not fine because we have to give an account for the word of God. Amen. Yes. And then it says forgetting what is behind. That is a beautiful thing. What does he mean? This can be failure, struggles, sins, messes, persecutions, heartache, troubles, hurts. It could be success. It could be a past life. It could be what he experienced in Judaism. It could be what we experienced in the 70s, what we experienced in the 80s. People say, you know, the church is not what it was before. Forgetting what is behind, amen? You know, forgetting the old days. Some people talk about the old days. What old days? That's gone. You're not going to see them again. And so we hanker after the old days. Sometimes we, 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 th- there's a problem about what happened to me in my, my early attachments, and my mom did this, and my dad did this, and my siblings did this, and, and, and my friends did this to me. Forgetting what is behind. Do not say Ecclesiastes seven ten. Why were the old days better than these? It's not wise, The Ecclesiastes to ask us questions, and um, people have come to me and said, you know, it's not like it was before. I'm saying, praise God, it never will be. Church is not what it was like before. We don't sing the, song, the songs we used to sing before. Well, they're gone, brothers and sisters. They're gone. And we can't hanker over them. We have to forget what is behind. Too often our past shapes us. We begin to talk about, we have a conversation with somebody, then suddenly the past comes up again. Well, you know what happened to me? You know, this happened to me, and then it begins to influence. It held you captive. The devil says, no, 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 you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. What that boyfriend did to you, what that girlfriend did to you, and um, what your uncle said to you, what your grandmother said to you, I saw grandmother take out a grandson verbally once that left me ice cold. I was sitting there and she took she she loved her grandchildren but the one she didn't like and she took him out. And I watched with horror. I was speechless, I was a younger man. I wish I had the <clears throat> to say that is unhelpful, granny. That must stop in the name of Jesus. I actually, those words, I break them in the name of Jesus. You know that that young man today, he is incredible. He is an incredible Christian. He has started schools. He is an amazing man. He's my cousin. He's one of the grandsons. He has done better than most of us. Amen? How cool is that? Forgetting what is behind if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become you. Isaiah forty three eighteen. Please make a note of Isaiah forty three eighteen. Remember not, or forget, forget, remember not. It's an affirmative command. The former things, or do not consider the things of old. Forget them. There's messianic, there's a Messiah coming. Forget even the fact which I, which in this whole thing is about, even what God did with all of you, just forget because for, I'm going to do a new thing. That's why when Jesus came, and this is a messianic uh, message, he's saying, I'm going to send one. And they said, no, 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 he's not the one. We want one like David, former things. We want one like Moses, former things. But there's one coming, his name is Jesus. Man, He's going to he's going to be different. He's not going to come riding on his pony with like, Prince King, but King Charles now with a big fancy crown and a gold. He didn't have all that. He just had a tunic. He had a donkey. He had people shouting and screaming and forget the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing in your life, sir. And so part of it is saying, God, what is the new you're doing? Faith pushes me towards the new. And so there's the fight. Do you not perceive it? It springs forth. I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, former things, the old address where you, where you came from, the old address of the flesh, the flesh. The old man says, yeah, let's go back. Why did my mother say this to me? Why well, I was neglected? No, 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 no. Why did my brother get more than me? All that stuff. That's the devil's camp. He says, welcome, welcome, come, come. Let's, let's talk about this. We need to talk about this. We need to talk about all the old. Forget the former things. Because Jesus, you know that Paul man, imagine I murdered people, man. Imagine meeting what uh, Stephen's family. You, this big apostle. You, the guy that 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 I beautiful young Stephen that fuck. You have to leave it, Paul. He says the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I that I want to do, I don't do them, and the things that I do, those I don't want to do. And so they, everyone has struggles, amen. The past successes, before are so amazing, now look, I don't know what's happened, before this, 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 before I had all these friends, before, 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 forget the former things, forget the former things, build a wall behind you, brothers and sisters, there's this whole, um, I'm going to speak about the age of therapy, now some of you are therapy fans, some of you may be therapists here, be careful, be careful, Jesus, go and read the Psalms, saying, Lord, I'm asking you for the new. Behold, all things have become you. I'm born again of your spirit. The old man has died. The new man is arrived. The old Nick, I don't know that guy. There's things I haven't told my kids. I will never tell them about my past because I can't. Jesus says, I, forget, I remember them no longer as the east is from the west. And so, so part of that, we've lost that sort of word of faith, actually believing that actually God is a good God. Even if you've messed up, even if you've divided a church, which I think is one of the worst things you can do, but even if you've done that, saying, Lord, I actually messed that church up. I know people that have messed churches up. Never, they've never recovered. Divisive man. Even if you've done that. Am I, how are you breathing, Mikey? And straining towards what is ahead. The opposite from looking back. See that runner running like this? You can't run looking back. And straining, leaning towards what is ahead. It's not even being upright. It's not even being passive. I'm not backsliding, but I'm not leaning. I'm just, hello. He says, no. Straining, leaning towards what is ahead. The athlete is now He's now in a sprint, and he knows in order to win this, he has to lean. I saw this lady who just lost her life, this Olympic, this uh, athlete from America who just lost her life, I don't know why, she won gold, and she runs, and she falls when she wins 100 or 200 meters, I don't know what it was. She's straining, that's what Paul did, I'm, I'm straining towards what is ahead. Brothers and sisters, this is the language that Paul is using to his beautiful church, this happy church urgency, intentionality. you meant to finish exhausted, out of breath. <laughs> you, amen? You're meant to have been poured out like a drink offering. You don't win, says Paul, unless you're giving it everything. For we are God's workmanship, in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do in order to fulfill that as a runner, I need to lean forward. Take the mantle of humanity and and fear of man and independence, and grumpiness, and I can't work with anybody, and off, take that, so not mantle, that yoke, take that spirit off, and I said, I put on me, Lord, how do I work together? And I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me heaven, wooden Christ Jesus, you So I'm pressing on once again. There's a prize for me to win, which is God. God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's amazing. He says, "Not ten churches, none of that." Um, You know, like he says, actually, actually, my call is in Christ Jesus. It's heavenward. That's my goal. That's that's my focus. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That prize was heavenward's call that could only happen. In Christ Jesus, he's pressing, he's straining, he's leaning, he's not passive, he's not indifferent, he's not strolling, he's exercising bodily force. What's the the prize? A shiny trophy? No. People's applause? No. Fame? No. When you win a race, what happens? You get invited to the next race. That's a good one, but no. He wants the well done, good and faithful servant. Give me the garland of heaven. Give me the crown. Give me the reward of heaven. Because he's seen that actually this earth is a little bit um, iffy, you know. Sometimes people give you a crown where they should give you perhaps a challenge. I gave it a go, says Paul. I gave it everything I had. may have not been the best guy. Jesus, I think it was um, Keller that said this. Jesus willingly bowed his head in the storm of crucifixion, what Francis was talking about. He willingly, he yields Bows his head in the song. Dying for you and me. Receiving the punishment for sin that we deserve so that we can be pardoned. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. That Jesus, what do you want me to do? I want to lean into that for which you lent into me with your grace and your forgiveness. You lent and you took it out of me. I'm now leaning into you. What do you want me to do? Hard sometimes. I know. I know. It's been a long time. Sometimes I think, Lord, I just, can I just... Can I just park off? Sometimes I'll spend hours and hours. I think all of yesterday, my privilege is to spend time in the Word. Sometimes my brain goes to sleep. <clears throat> Sometimes I think, Lord, quicken me, help me. Be staring at this passage. Does it mean anything? Kati, help. Keep going. Keep going. I've tried with this woman. Keep going. Find new graces in her, in him. Find new graces. We've learned to find grace about each other. Listen, there's enough problems in me and my wife to find a lot of areas where we can spend a whole jolly five years camping around the problems that we have. But we can spend the joy of grace and saying, oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you said yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Marked out. I'm compelled to preach. Woe is me. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. So all these things that he's been saying, if you're mature, if you know Jesus, you should take a view on such things. Join with me on such things. And if on some point you think differently, that too will God, God will make clear to you. What does he mean by that? I'm so glad I studied that as best I could. He's drawing near to his readers to include them in this race, this goal, this prize, this present. Not just me, but it's us, Philippian church. Are you mature? Take a view. Have this mentality. Take a same view. Think and act like this. But if you think differently, it's okay. In other words, it's interesting that on some things, you have to go and find God on. Not issues of doctrine, not issues of the gospel, not issues of of sanctification, justification, glorification. Not on issues of, was it a virgin birth? Not on issues of, must I add to the gospel? Those are doctrinal issues. That Paul will go to war with us any day. But on issue of uh, the call of God, the purpose. What is my purpose? What do I have to do? I need to go and find God on that. I think best put by, he'll make it clear to you. And so some things God is saying, you, you come, you know. I remember when, when the time came, I felt God saying, I'm calling you to minister. I'm thinking, like, that's weird. Like, what? Why me, you know? And then he, he spoke, that, that he made it clear to me. No one was saying to me, you know, if I went to Glenn and said, okay, have you guys got a salary for me? Because I'm about to sell my business. I've got a, quite a big bond in my house, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You, 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 what has God made clear to you? Act on that, Amen. He's, he's appealing here. He's not commanding. He's appealing with Philemon and Onesimus. He says, Philemon, you know that brother that was a slave that did you harm? He's become a dear brother to me. I'm appealing to you. I receive him like a brother. And so there's a lot of appeal, okay? And then the Holy Spirit begins to move upon you when he makes it known to you, when you've found out the things of God. So now I'm saying, I believe in mission. A preacher's been talking about mission. A lady came to this church. She says, hey, Nick, I want you to know I want to join Red Point, but I don't believe in you in mission. Like the nations like you talk. I said, Welcome, enjoy, enjoy yourself, have fun. And eventually she said, I got it. The Bible has shown it to me that we, we we're a missional people. And so he convicts, he leads. God has made it clear to me. Verse sixteen, only let us live to what we have already attained. Don't lose ground, brothers and sisters. Paul is saying, you know, sometimes that, that wall behind us, live to what you've attained. Sometimes you think, I've actually backslidden. Three steps forward, four and a half back. Now, actually live to what you have already attained. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? What can you say about that? You're, gonna, you're getting more skill. Keep going. I used to pray. The, I used to have these amazing prophetic words. They're gone. Live to. They're there, it's there. You just have to unlock it by faith. Amen? Um, mission trips whatever you feel a business skill say lord you gave me a skill in in business like my business went backwards live to what you have already obtained you can you can broaden that and join with others in following my example brothers and take note of those who live according to the pattern we give you but he's just said that he's imperfect he said he's not attained to it he said he's being made perfect then he goes and says follow my example brothers like what is that about That's such a good statement because he's saying, "I'm still getting it, but I I still. But you need to live the way I live. You need to follow my example." You see, the the way you understand that is, you know, when young people get married, and you think, "Oh, oh, I wonder if this is going to work out." Then, then then she says, "I'm pregnant," and you think, "Oh, check the house. I don't know where that baby's going to sleep." But soon, the room takes shape. Then the baby comes, and what you thought were parents—that oh, I don't know—they suddenly have beautiful kids that have got beautiful manners, and they grow up to be amazing kids. They are imperfect parents, but they produce the most amazing kids. And then those kids go on and goes on. In the same way, in the church, Paul is saying, "Listen, there's a lot I've got to do. I haven't attained all, of it, but follow me. Keep do what I do. You see how I lived when I was with you." Maybe how I prayed, how I worked with my you know, tent maker, whatever, whatever. Whatever you saw me do, just keep doing that. And take notes of those. There's some people in the church that, that, that have lived the way that Paul said they should live. Take note of them. Follow them. A whole lot of stuff on that, which I don't have time for. For as I've often told you, switch. Here comes the switch again. Moving quickly, as I've to- often told you before, and I said again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Remember, he said before. He says those dogs. Remember, like do you think it's a kind letter? He spoke about those dogs, those evil doers, those mutilators of the flesh. And I think three, chapter one. Now he's he's blessing them. He's speaking about himself. Then he goes back again to. The people that are living as enemies of the cross. Wherever Paul went, in every church throughout the ages, there are those that live as enemies of the cross. Again, the same people, the Judaizers. He's spoken before. He's now weeping. He's saying, he's penning his letter and he says, I am weeping and shedding tears about these guys that have come to put stuff on you. They're enemies of the cross. You see, for Paul, you know, it's like if you have a 16-year-old daughter. That's just beautiful. She's pure. She's innocent. And then somebody comes along and starts, some wolf, some fox, some coyote comes along. Which just happens all the time. And starts to influence her. And starts to lead her astray. And starts to seduce her incorrectly. What are you going to do? They said, dog, get away from my daughter. This is my daughter, bro. I'm preparing her for a marriage to a man. And it's not you. You are a wolf. Get the heck away from her. Where is my big baseball bat, Cutie? My one driver would. Go. Well, who do you think you are? Watch, I'll show you. Boom, on his head. Gong why? That's what Paul is doing. He's saying, "You're messing. You, you, are, you are damning my church, um, Jesus' church. Don't touch her. Don't put stuff on her. Don't put legalism on her. He's weeping about this. They are enemies of the cross. The moment you, you say the work of Jesus is insufficient, it's incomplete. We clever, we learned. We uh, got the Torah. We are Jewish. Hey, by the way, have you been circumcised? These men are all about the natural man. But Paul, who is champion of those things, says, that's gone. Don't put that, don't mess with God's people. Keep them free. Sound doctrine matters, brothers and sisters. Sometimes you say, you know, Nick got all very tense with the person. Yes, there's times where, as elders, we're going to say, listen, sorry, brother, we're not even interested in that we not in that because that can affect the church. Heresy will close the church down. Can I repeat that? Heresy, listen carefully. Will cl- you see this church? has have been going for 43 years. Heresy will close her down in 10, 15, 20 years' time. And a, a truth lopsided, lopsided, lopsided will close her. Prosperity gospel, lopsided, lopsided, lopsided will close her. Amen? And so we are fighting for we, we're not clever enough. We're saying, Lord, just give us your word. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Oh, my word. They're distorting the cross. That word destruction is final judgment. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's like heavy stuff. You're just writing, slipping that in. Their God is their stomach, their bellies. They want sensual pleasure. They always want more. It's about them, their appetites. Their glory is in their shame. they, they, they glory in the things that are despicable, actually. That's what it becomes. All these, what's it, these uh, Netflix series about these cults. Look at them. Every single time, the leader of the cult is a monster. He is a monster doing monstrous things. It's all about him and his wives and his abuse. And so their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. We have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Christian Foundation it's very costly if we lose our Christian foundation. We've got to be reminded that heaven's coming. If I'm going to have an argument with Joel and I'm not going to forgive him, I need somebody to say to me, You're going to spend the eternity with Joel. You better sort this stuff out now. Sintichi and whatever your name is. You've got to sort it out now. You're going to spend eternity. Well, listen, what silly little disagreement did we have? Sorry, bro. Love you. Praise God for you. Can I pray for you? Not religiously, but pray for you. Our citizenship. Is in heaven. What's the most popular um, citizenship in the world today? Anybody? Do you know? USA. USA (laughs) USA is like. You know, hey. Swiss very popular. Australia very popular. Irish very popular. You know what? What ours is South African citizenship. Number (laughs) ninety-four. Even Libya, it's precious. Believe it or not, Japan. I don't know who measures it. And then South Korea and Germany. We've got dual citizenship. Citizenship in heaven, citizenship on earth. We're always looking, I wish I could get that passport, especially if you're South African, because you're not sure what's happening in this nation. Our citizenship, got a passport to heaven. You try and buy that, how much did it cost? Oh, just the life of the son of God. The life of who? Of the Son of God. Not just his life, but our sin upon him. Uh, How much is that? Well, if you want to move, it's going to cost you the death of your children. No, 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 I'm saying. To get that citizenship of heaven. As we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking back at the cross, looking forward to the second coming. Who by the power, I'm finished here by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so they'll be like his glorious body. Interesting, we sometimes despise our bodies. Do you know that the body of Jesus, he said, touch me, same body, they knew him, scars. And actually we, we're not ascetic, we don't, we don't despise the body. We're not super philosophical, hate the flesh, which gives us reason to indulge the flesh. Now what we do we say, Lord, thank you for my body. He looks a bit out of shape, a bit sickly. I got all that. But thank you for this body, because one day you're going to raise it into a glorious body. He will change our bodies. Paul was a radically changed Pharisee, a gnarly guy. He experienced the love of God and his life was transformed. Amen. <clears throat> and I close with the scripture 2 Timothy 4 6 for I am already being poured out. This is now the end. I've been poured out like a drink offering. <clears throat> and the time for my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I've done it. I've finished the race. A couple of mistakes. I often thought, Lord, mm, what, have, what have I not... I think there are one or two things I regret deeply. Actually, I said to people some years ago, and particularly in Bloemfontein, I remember saying something to somebody, I thought, gee, that wasn't good. That wasn't good. I'm still asking God, Lord... I've kind of repented of that, but do I need to actually really do business with you? Because it was the use of a gift to maybe, and I'm still not sure, but actually sometimes you think, "Oh, but I'm back, Lord. Sorry, sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord. But you've been so kind. You are so good. I finished the race. I'm still running. Paul, not me. I've kept the faith, even though at times are..." Jean-Marc and I had a big barney. He says, one day if he had questions, now there is in store for me, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all those who have longed for his appearing. Mikey and Kate, please come up here. I want to pray for you. While Mikey was um, worshiping, I just thought, face me. I asked the elders to come. I actually felt that Mikey's got a, an influence, a gift to influence a meeting. There's a, there's a gift on him. I saw it today again. I've seen it time and again. And While you're worshiping and you were very sweaty like, I'm not going to say Betty, but when you're very sweaty. I just felt, um, come up some, some of you leaders, come up you young men, um, young ladies. I just felt that sometimes God gives a grace gift Uh, Would you stand with me, please? Sometimes he gives a gift, and I think one of Mikey's gifts, and Mike and Kate are one, is to influence a meeting. That's a most unusual gift, isn't it? Isn't that a beautiful gift? I wonder what gift God wants to highlight to you or give to you this morning. And so, Father, I thank you for Mikey. And during worship today, Lord, I felt that the ceiling was wanting to lift It was an influence, joy. I pray for Mikey and Kate, Lord. I I thank you for this gift. I thank you for this amazing joy. It's a grace gift. There's nothing to earn it. It's just given. And I just want to say thank you for it. And today we, we benefited and we enjoyed beautiful worship because this man has got such joy. He's got such passion. It's a gift given. I'm sure he doesn't see it, but I'm sure he feels it. Basting out of him it's like a river that, that 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 it's like a well that that springs up and it overflows and we get to drink of it and i want to say thank you now lord bless this couple i pray Inf, uh, i pray for their influence lord they would continue influence at the kloofs high school god that there would be an influential couple not heavy-handed but with joy with your power with grace with a smile with the anointing and our lord would you Jump across the aisles to us. Would you come visit us in the aisles? Like you've highlighted that, And I felt that, say pray for Mikey. And I want to say thank you for this gift. Now now jump into the aisles, God, and, and, and influence the people with the gift. Let your, let your spirit, let your gift fall upon many in this room, Lord, in the same way that it is upon Mikey. And can we say amen to that? Thank you, Lord.